Modern day pastors face increased pressure to compromise to societal agendas, all while battling spiritual warfare. Well, today I'm joined by a very special friend and pastor, David Cowden, and we will ask him some of the hard questions about pastoring in the end time. Stay tuned for another exciting edition of The End Time Show. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining me on this special edition of The End Time Show. And I'm joined by a wonderful friend. I consider him one of my best friends on this planet. And it's Pastor Dave Cowden. And God bless you, my friend. I've been wanting to do this for many years. And you've been a huge supporter of End Time Ministries. And more than that, just a great friend, a mentor. And you were really close to Irvin Baxter and... um, also a a very seasoned pastor. And being a pastor today is not like it was years ago. I mean, there's a whole different set of uh, circumstances that are going along with that that societal pressures and many different things. So I want to welcome you to this special edition of the End Time Show. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you. And I guess I'll tell you the same sentiments are back to you as far as you guys being uh, the best of the best as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Brother Baxter was the uh, orator. Um, He was a mentor. He was just, you know, a a scholar. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people like you and me, we uh, we kind of we're now trying to carry the torch, and I think Amen. we're going to continue in that uh, in that facet. So, Absolutely. Well, I know that um, you have been a great supporter of End Time for years, and especially in what we teach, you bought into that years ago, and you understood that it was the truth, in my opinion, um, and the truth of the Word of God. And one of the things that helps me to believe that is that we've won so many souls to God and built the kingdom of God with this message. This is not a, a, a get-rich-quick scheme for any of us, believe me. But it's simply preparing people for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ and building His kingdom here on the earth. And I believe God has blessed these efforts because of that. And I know you're a great soul winner. You're a, a wonderful pastor. And so what I wanted to do, because I know that a lot of people have questions for a pastor, but sometimes they don't get to ask them. Right. And the pastors are busy, and and um, you know they're just they're they're shepherding three or four or five hundred people, and sometimes to get their attention and sit down and say, okay, I've got a question. Sometimes it's hard to do that because they're pulled in so many different directions. And I know I watched my father-in-law for years, so I'm a licensed minister, but I don't pastor a church. And my father-in-law there at the end, he gave up his church uh, when we moved down to to Texas in 2005. But I watched him being a, a pastor, and then I watched him go from being a pastor into a just having a, a like a minister with a license, uh, with a license like I am. But there are so many societal conditions and different things that pastors have to deal with nowadays. So what I wanted to do was to bring you on here and just to ask you uh, just a host of questions that I know a lot of people have asked me. And that I know that they would love to ask a pastor today. So 
Uh, I'm just going to go down through here and just, um, because people want to glean from your knowledge. I know you're a seasoned pastor, and there's a big difference than uh, a lot of people out here, because I know you're a straight shooter, and that's what I want. If I've got a pastor that I go to his church, and he sees me veering off, or he, he gets a message from God, that he would just get up and shoot as a straight shooter. They'll just tell me, hey, look, this is what God gave me, Dave. I, you know, I want you to know this. That's what I want nowadays. There's a, there's, I'm, I deal with people all around the world, honestly, and I know there are people nowadays that have kind of watered stuff down a little bit, and I would not attend a church like that. I want somebody who is going to teach it straight. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here because I know you're a straight shooter, and, and I love you so much. And so um, I'm just going to throw some questions at you. And, I, and like I told you upstairs, these are not softball questions. So, and, But I want everybody to glean from this. And so I want to do it for many years. So let's just take off down through here. Um, number one, I want you to introduce yourself to everybody. What, what's your testimony? Um, because I know that you came from kind of hard knocks and things, but now you're a very successful businessman along with being a pastor. And there's a, there's a long road to that. So uh, in a nutshell, just give me your testimony real quick. Introduce yourself to everybody. Well, I want to say it's a privilege and a pleasure to be here on uh, End Time Understanding the End Time, End Time Ministries. Uh, my name is David Calden. I've uh, uh, pastored now, it'll be 20 years here at Christ Tabernacle, United Pentecostal Church in New Albany, Indiana. Uh, be 20 years in 2024. Uh, December will be the first date that we had. So this this coming year, uh, on the uh, second or third week of December, mm-hmm. we'll be there for 20 years that okay. we could celebrate our 20th year. Actually, probably had the building uh, probably right at 20 years now. Um, and I come from a background of Catholicism. So um, my family on my mother's side we're Catholic. Okay. Um, my dad's side was Baptist, and we've got some Seventh-day Adventists. Um, <clears throat> but my mom's side is where I really, that they were the ones that kind of kept me in the Catholic uh, tradition mm-hmm. or faith. Um, and at that point, I realized around 13 years old that during you know, the catechisms and things that we had went through, it was time to be confirmed. I had already been sprinkled as a baby. Of course, I didn't know anything about it, but of course it was a baby. Uh, but So I really didn't understand about baptism other than I heard about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, later on at around 13, uh, you, you do your first Holy Communion or whatever, they go through your rituals uh, at six six years old or something in that area. And I went through that because I was obviously made and, uh, in, in, to do that. Uh, but by the time I got 13 years old, they wanted me to be confirmed. I did not. Okay. And at 13, I think I was going through the time of rebellion as a 13 year old. Sure. Uh, so I kind of went off and by the time I turned 18, just to fast forward a little bit, I decided to join the Marine Corps. Okay. Uh, at that, at that point, um, that really helped me tremendously in the core, you know, being that I've trapped, you live from the East Coast to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the time I was time to get out of the Marine Corps, my time uh, in California, it was my last duty station. Um, I was really empty. Uh, it was really empty. I, I thought, and then, of course, I moved back uh, to the Midwest or the South, the, the, the Louisville is where I'm originally okay. from. I grew up somewhat in Indianapolis back and forth, but 
uh, you know, family up there, but uh, Louisville was my, where I was born, uh, reared up more. Uh, and at that time, I met my wife uh, at that point, and I was not in church, never really knew a lot about God. I was only 22 years old, mm-hmm. young, young man. But when I met her... Uh, so I'm, I'm, I hate to break in on you, no, but I'm coming fine. up on a break. <laughs> so uh, everybody, I've got Dave, Pastor Dave Cowden joining me here today, and uh, we're going through his testimony. And then we're going to get into some very detailed questions that we want to ask a pastor, and he's got some great answers. I went through a lot of these, and I, I think you'll be excited, and you'll be able to glean from these things, uh, because a lot of people want to ask pastor questions. Well, I'm going to do that on the rest of the program today. Thank you. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned on what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity Die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 End Time. Are you ready for an extraordinary journey to the region that is the focus of more end time Bible prophecy than any other? Well, look no further. Join us on an unforgettable journey to Israel. Our adventure begins down in Jerusalem where we will teach on the Mount of Olives, sing at the Garden of Gethsemane, walk down through the Kidron Valley, then we'll make our way north, have a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee while visiting Joppa, Mount Carmel, baptize in the Jordan River, and so much more. Don't miss out on this incredible trip to Israel. Spaces are limited. Book your tour today. Visit endtime.com slash tour or call us at 1-800-END-TIME. Join us for an experience that you will never forget. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody, and I'm joined with Pastor David Cowden uh, from Louisville, Indiana, Louisville, uh, Kentucky, Kentucky right. and a um, great friend of mine, and many of you may know him from uh, over the years. We've talked about him, and he helped us so much on this building, and many, he owns a very successful uh, HVAC company up in the Louisville area, and he's been a great friend, a great partner of ours for years, and I want to have him on today. 
simply because he is a very seasoned pastor, and we're asking him some questions. So uh, continue on with your testimony, my friend, and then we'll get into a few questions here. Well, uh, as far as us, my, our upbringing, uh, we were raised Catholic, and as I was uh, expounding upon, uh, we then later on, of course, uh, after joining the Marine Corps, uh, time was when I got out of the Marine Corps, I met my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, um, you know, my life was pretty much in shambles. So yeah. I asked, you know, she was talking, she was reading her Bible. In fact, been married to her 34, our next anniversary, 34 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that, at that time, of course, I had never been married before. And of course, she had never been married. So we got married and she was about ready to divorce me, I thought, in that uh-huh. first year. Because I just wasn't, you know cut out for marriage or at that time. And she told me, she said, I am going to live for God. And I said, what? And she said, I am going to live for God. Now either she started reading her Bible. So I kind of got, got up beside her and was wondering what she was reading. And she literally, when she was reading the scripture, she told me, or I was reading where Jesus had told, uh, where the disciples said, Lord, if a woman woman marries a man and he dies and she take it, this brother, because there's no seed and he dies and finally goes through the brothers and heaven, whose wife shall she be? Well, I thought, well, Lord, yeah, whose wife will she be? Because you don't think of myself, I'm looking for a a carnal view here. (laughs) And, um, uh, but anyway, and he said, you know, not of the angels. And he made it clear how they neither marry her making right. marriages in heaven. And I thought, man, you know what, God, I want that. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it be, it, you know, became uh, sort of downhill at that point. Sure. And at that point we started searching for God. Mm-hmm. And at that point we, uh, we went to different churches. We visited her old church, went to our old church. We even went to the Catholic church. Just sure. give it a try to see, but there, and, and I'm not here to bash it. I'm just simply saying that it wasn't anything there for us. Mm-hmm. And so until we went and stumbled into a Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. I thought, Oh my goodness. I looked around in this place. I thought this is different. Yeah. But this is something that, you know, I felt and they were, people were worshiping God. It was different people, different, you know, um, and I, and I thought diversities and I thought, God, this, this is what it feels like. So that was the first, uh, experience I had. I, I received the baptism of the Holy ghost, uh, later on. I was sitting in Indianapolis. Of course, I had family that lived in Indianapolis uh, as a kid, back and forth. We would go to India, and so I was kind of like one of my, my second home Indianapolis was. Mm-hmm. And of course, I guess that's the reason why I'm pastoring in Indiana, because I just love the state of great yeah. state of Indiana. But uh, anyway, it seemed like I was at, at, my, at some roots there or something there at that point. Uh, and uh, I had a man by the name of uh, Larry Dillon. He was from St. Louis. He had been working at the... Uh, uh, Corvette plant. He was the chaplain. And somehow we all got there. And just to make a long story short, uh, he actually started talking to me about Jesus' name baptism, showing me Jesus' name baptism. I had already received the Holy Ghost, but I just didn't have Jesus' name baptism. And uh, at that point, um, he he talked to me about that. And uh, I wasn't long. I received the early 90s, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or I had already received the Holy Ghost, I'm sorry, baptized I'm in Jesus' name. And at that point, uh, it was just on. I began to teach at that point, Jesus name, baptism, uh, repentance, baptism sure. in Jesus name, be filled into the Holy ghost. And, um, at that point I went and won my first soul. And at that point I got involved with the church that sure. was in our local area. Pastor loved me and I loved him. He's passed away and gone on with the Lord, just as brother Baxter has. And then later on I met up with brother Baxter, mm-hmm. uh, I had, I got a hold of my first end time magazine in 1991, uh, 92. 
92. I'm sorry, yeah. 1992. Uh, and at that point, it was all. So I had to get a hold of Brother Baxter. Yeah. So I did. I went on a quest. I told my wife, I said, we're going to an end time. And we're already in <laughs> Indiana. So I, I told my wife, I said, we're going. We went to Bedford. He was in Bedford. And we went to a conference there. And as soon as we laid eyes on each other, I laid eyes on him. He laid, you know, got to yeah. see him. Uh, wasn't long till I was staying. I went to the house and. Uh, his house that was in Richmond, yeah. and uh, it was on from there. Then I went on a prophecy tour. But that's kind of how I came in, and just God delivered me and took me from, you know, I had a small business that, you know, uh, that I, you know, still am involved with right now that I absolutely love it. Um, but I tell you, uh, we're we're looking forward to the day when we retire from that to yeah. do more within time. So that's kind of how I came along and. That's how and over time, yeah. you became a pastor, pastor for 20 years, and now here you sit, ready to retire. Not for not, not the church. <laughs> yeah, not the church, but your business. Absolutely. Okay. We're trying to get to that point sometime. So let me ask another. you a few questions about um, that I know a lot of people would love to ask a pastor or a man of God. Uh, and these are very important because, and the reason I wanted to ask you, I come up with these questions <clears throat> because we're in a time in society, Brother Calden, that... Uh, people have moved away, even re- so-called religious people that have moved away from true moves of God and things that you saw in the Bible. People sure. almost think that that's almost a myth. Right. And so I wanted to ask you a few questions here because uh, I know that you would give me and everybody else a straight answer, and that's what we want. So I got a bunch of them, so we're going to have to move here, okay? So the first one, have you ever experienced or witnessed a true miracle? Absolutely. Okay. Um, just Tell me about outs- a couple of them. Out- outside of just being born again, which right. is a miracle in itself, the greatest miracle. Um, I was in a restaurant one night. Uh, it was a Chinese restaurant. I love Chinese food. So uh, we were in there, and there was a man that came in. He looked like a construction worker, you know, the barely guy with the big beard mm-hmm. and all of that. So uh, he was drunk. I noticed he was drunk, and he was over it, had ordered his food. Well, when he had ordered his food, I just kind of stood back and observed, you know, because I may have already ordered my food or was getting ready to order it. And he was sort of being belligerent um, and loud. So he all of a sudden after and he, he made a comment to the lady behind the, the counter. And it was sort of a, a derogatory For statement sure. he made uh, at that point. And then he sat down and he literally died. He literally turned blue. It was a heavy man, yeah. uh, maybe in his 40s, I guess. And he literally turned blue turned over and I've seen death. Yeah. I saw my brother take his last breath when my brother has passed away. And so I knew what this was. And he died right there before my eyes mm-hmm. and his breath came out of his body. He just laid over and slumped over on the floor and everybody kind of looked in amazement. I got up and walked over and I said, Jesus. And when I said, Jesus, that man came back to life, jumped up, looked around. He was afraid. And he took off out the door and I ran out the door to say, Hey, let me finish telling you he was gone. Never, never, never. He should have been right there. And I mean, I was right there on his trail and we walked out the door and it was almost as if he had just disappeared. So that was the first time that the first miracle, um, I was talking to you about a friend of ours, Rick Burke. We were at Indiana Baba college in Indianapolis. Um, he had bout with cancer, uh, it hit wrapped around his juggler vein. Oh man. I told Rick, I said, Rick, I said, God, do you want that cancer in your body? He said, 
Oh, no, brother. You just get, you know, Rick, just yeah. as much as I did. He said, oh, no, brother, I don't want that. I said, then what we need to do is bind that cancer in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 18, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. I took the, said, so every miracle, Rick, was uh, uh, authority. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, come out of her right. or come out. And so we used that approach. And when we did right there in the new chapel now, so any of you wonderful uh, people of God out there that have joined the Indiana Bible College, something happened, great miracle happened right there in the Indiana Bible College mm-hmm. new chapel. Uh, and so we began to bind that cancer within I guess within a few days he had to go back into the surgeon downtown Indianapolis, one of the hospitals down there. I don't remember which one it was exactly right offhand. It's been a few, several years ago. And um, we went in there, and I will never forget when the surgeon came out and said, we don't know what, but there is no sign of the cancer wow. inside of his jugular vein. They said we were going to give him radiation. They thought maybe they had, he had a little bit of residual of something. but And he uh, he lived now he's passed away since then but that's been many years ago but uh i i've seen you know that's a the name of a couple so um there's many more i just time sure no i'm just saying that i the the reason i ask you that is because a lot of people have think well those kinds of things that don't happen today it's a 2023 that happened in you know in this mythical bible uh but no absolutely that's for people today when we went on our last tour i think i've told everybody we had a lady healed of cancer when she got baptized in the jordan river and she had a big old knot on her neck, and this big old that big old knot went down, completely healed. Right. And so the Bible's real; it's true; it's God's word, and it's for us today. Yeah. Miracles and healing, salvation. I'll add something else to that real quickly. There was a lady by the name of Bonnie. I won't go into it. She was married. Her husband and her had a horrible life, and she came to church one night. Some of the ladies, so I told some of the ladies come around her. She had told me that her and her husband, I baptized him. He received the Holy Ghost. Well. That night, she didn't receive the Holy Ghost or get baptized, but she was late, sitting on the floor back in the back of the church, and I had some of the ladies come around her and pray for her. She told me she had HIV. She had contracted. They told me how it was a horrible event. Anyway, we began to lay hands and begin to bind that HIV, and and she had, for the next day, she got locked up for some reason of some sort. Her and Joe got into it. Yeah. Anyway, make a long story short, she... I went up to, he called me and said, oh, he was crying. So I went up to the correct county correction center to see her. First thing she comes out there and does, and she starts coming out the, the glass there, and she's praising God. I said, well, what's going on, Bonnie? She said, well, last night when y'all prayed for me, she said, I had HIV. She said, I had the papers showing it. They retested her when she got locked up. I think that they have to retest them or whatever. And come to find out when they did the test, there was zero of any HIV in her body. Wow. And so she rejoiced. And, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. uh, that, was a, that was a beautiful time. So sure. we rejoiced at church about Amen. it. So I thought that was really neat. Well, I know you could, you could go on oh, and on and on. But I'm, I'm just saying, I, I wanted people to know that this stuff's very real. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a figment of somebody's imagination. The Bible is not some big mythical fairy tale book. It's just as relevant to us today as it was 2,000 years ago, two, three, four thousand years ago. And so it's very, very, very important that those stories are real and they are meant to help us today in our Christian walk. And, and this is real. People can be healed today. People can be saved and delivered. So very, very important. And I know you've, we can go on and on, but let's get to some of these other questions real quick. Um, how important is prayer to a Christian? I know, I, I, I know where you're at and your belief is, but um, 
As a pastor, from a pastor's heart, you're talking to a bunch of people here that are going to be watching this. How important is a, a prayer life, a consistent prayer life to a Christian? Well, it's, it's going to have to be a design that a person has to want to have a communication with God. The prayer is the communication, is the effectual prayer of the righteous man that availeth much. And Luke, he talked about that. Uh, so it's important that we stay fervent and effectual. A lot of people think prayer is, well, I'm going to stay on my knees all day. And uh, that's not always realistic. Right. And I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I think you should, if you can get on your knees, obviously there's a lot of people that have knee surgeries. They cannot, not, not even a second, get on their knees. So there's different ways of prayer. Adam walked with God in Genesis, and he walked with the Lord in the cool of the day. That was the time, early morning. The cool of the day, coolest part of the day is right. going to be your morning when the nautical hour or when the nighttime just breaks through, mm-hmm. uh, the daylight breaks through the night. So, um, there was times when people walk with prayer. So I, I, I encourage people. We have a prayer meeting night that we, we do every Sunday. And not only on our time at home, but we come together as a church. Uh, I think it's the importance. A lot of people, they think prayer is to be on their knees all day. And I think that scares a lot of people or causes them to relegate prayer to the, to the point to where they say, well, I don't want to do that. But prayer is a relationship. I talk to God throughout the day. Um, I'm in a car. I'll see something. I'll say, God, and he'll give me and quicken my spirit. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when I'm quickened or or the word quickened to be made alive, God makes it alive to me and everyone who who desires it. Uh, I think if a person uh, trusts in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding in all of thy ways, according to Proverbs 3 and 5, acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. I think if a person will acknowledge God in their day-to-day walk, devotion, and it take it, that can be all day throughout the day at mm-hmm. work. You know, I'll say, God, well, Lord, you know what s- such and such will think if we do this or if that goes on. That's the kind of conversations I have with God. Right. And, you know, it's not so much me. On, uh, there's times when I'm on my knees. I do get a chance. I get on my knees every you know night and mornings when I wake up uh, before my feet hit the floor. I'm already looking for God, you know. So I think uh, that. When a person has that relationship, that link between just as you and I are conversating uh, different and and, and husband and wife, you know, if I don't talk to my wife, you know, she's not going to be a very happy camper. I heard that. But it's communication. Absolutely. And so communicating doesn't necessarily mean all day long. I'm saying, you know, that I'm uh, it's times when you have to talk, stop and acknowledge God in being a one that goes through him. He's a sucker or helper uh, to everything that we do. And so I feel like that when you look at prayer, it's, it's, I think it scares people sometimes when they think they have to be on their knees. Yeah. Uh, David laid upon his bed in prayer. Uh, there's different ways of praying. So I think, I think prayer is just going to be, yeah. it's your lifeline yeah. between God. So it's you a, have to have that. Absolutely essential. And it's just simply communication with God. And that's the thing that I've found uh, Brother Cowden, is that it's simply just a, a, a conversation, like you said. Me and you sitting here having a conversation, I do the same thing with the Lord. Good morning. How are you doing? I love you so much because of all that you've done for me. So uh, prayer, don't be scared of prayer because uh, yeah. it's absolutely essential for a Christian walk. Hey, that I understand what is taking place. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. 
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. Welcome back, everybody, and I'm joined with my good friend, Pastor Dave Cowden from Louisville, Kentucky, and I've always wanted to get a a, a pastor on here with me just to ask some questions to help some people with some different questions they may have, so let's keep on going out there and get as many done as we can before the end of the program. Um, The next one would be, how important is a working knowledge of the Bible to a Christian? Well, that's probably one of the major facets of, of being in the church or in Christianity, what most people um, would want to desire as far as Christianity is concerned is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's thy word have I hid in my heart that I may, I may not sin against thee, David said. Uh, it's imperative that we know the Word of God. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And the reason why that we don't have a lot of people that are biblically sound or right. sort of perplexed is because they don't have an understanding of the Word of God. Sure. The Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So when you understand that it has to be the Word that that could convicts us and where we get our knowledge from, knowledge is from knowing the Word of God, uh, coupled with the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of the Lord, that's what's going to keep us in the bright pathway. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. So the, the, it's, it's going to always be the word of God. And people have to have a desire to not only to, to it's Second Timothy or Second uh, uh, Timothy's 2.15, where it talked about study to show thyself approved right. unto God. Now, that's a big, big thing there because approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, either going to be approved or ashamed at the end. So right. that's what we want to make sure that we're approved of God. Very so key. that's a very good uh, yeah. way to go. Uh, what care. you said about the, the Bible being a light and a uh, lamp under my feet and a light under my path, that's very, very key because without the Bible, where's the light? Yeah. It, as far as a light in my life, shining a light into my pathway, it's very, very key that people have an understanding of the Word of God because without the Word of God, you're going to, people can get off into mysticism and all kinds of weird hocus-pocus type stuff, yeah. but the Word of God keeps you grounded, and I can always go back there. And so, very, very important. Um, the next one, can people be saved without Jesus or Christianity? Absolutely not. 
No. Right. You know, Jesus said, if any man go up any other way, the same as a thief and a robber, mm-hmm. it's imperative that we can never take another path out. You know, I hear people say, well, the word of God, there was always religions and different things. And there's anything outside of the Bible is just a religious idea. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into different religions, right. but the ideologies are there. So it, what I teach our church is anything outside of the unadulterated word of God is nothing more but an idea. Right. Okay. It doesn't matter what, how much people say I'm a Christian or this and that, or if it does not follow the guidelines of every word spoken, every word written uh, by God himself from even the Ten Commandments all the way through just the teachings and the uh, from the different prophets and the apostles mm-hmm. that were built upon. Um, it's just an idea. So it, outside of that, when God came through the dispensation of time and all the way through till he poured himself into a, a, and made himself a body, became the son of God, right. the flesh of God, mm-hmm. the flesh that God chose to walk in. Uh, at that point, God was going to reveal, even all the way to the book of Revelation, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the truth. He says, I'm the truth, the way, and the life, John 14 and 6. Uh, so no man cometh to the Father but by me. If you know me, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How stays how show the Father. So it's important that we go through Jesus Christ is the only way. It's not any other way. Yeah. I, I, you know, people say, I say, well, people can go any direction they want, but that's the truth, yeah, unadulterated truth. Uh, and, you know, they, they're meeting right now in Chicago at the Parliament of World's Religions. Right. And they, they, yeah. they have one of the ladies over there, one of their main uh, boards is a Wiccan priestess, oh, which is a yeah. witch. Right. And she's one of the directors of the whole thing. And I'm sitting there going, you've got to be oh, kidding my. me. Uh, yeah, I know. And so, um, but there's a lot of people that are saying, uh, there's major television personalities that are saying, well, there's more than one way to God or this, your spirit being, Religious or your ideas. spirit guide and all yeah. these other things. And I'm sitting there going, no, there's not. And so that's why it comes into a working knowledge of the Word of God, because the Bible teaches us about God and that He robed Himself in flesh and mm-hmm. Jesus and the role and all of that. Right. So very, very important right. uh, that people understand only through Jesus Christ, and that's it. And I know that may not be a politically correct thing to say, but it's biblically correct. Amen. So, that's okay, so I want to keep the questions geared that's towards the BC. you. Yeah, amen. Um, so the uh, next one, is there, this is very important because a lot of people... Um, you know, you've heard about somebody, you invite them to church and they say, oh, I can't go to church, the ceiling's going to fall in or whatever, the roof will fall in. <laughs> but is there anybody who has sinned so bad that God cannot save them? Well, no. No. No one. Amen. Um, the Apostle Paul was a good example. Uh, he sat there and held the robes while the Christians were being stoned in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul was thinking he was doing the right thing, but he was actually against God and Saul at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, That's his name, and God had to change his name uh, to Paul. But Saul was a great example. He was one that uh, he was, you might as well say he was contributing to Christians being put to death. Yeah. And, but God, so when you're looking at it from that standpoint, that's, that's, you're talking murder. He's watching, he's he's holding the robes while they're getting murdered. And God saved him. Yes. On the road to Damascus, and so prime example. So yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So I mean, nobody. I mean, come on. No, it, God. That, that's pretty bad when you're martyring Christians. 
Uh, and Absolutely. God says, no, I'm going to save you, and I'm going to use you to help build my, Absolutely. the church. And Absolutely. So, um, and for everybody out there listening, uh, just make sure that you understand that it doesn't matter what you've done. And I've heard it for years. Oh, I've, Dave, you don't know what I did. It's irrelevant to God. God took a murderer. Come a on. A murderer. He wasn't, he wasn't, it didn't say he was a drunk. Yeah. He didn't say he was some <laughs> kind of, you know, a pill popper. Right, right. But this guy was murdering Christians. All right. That's that's about as deep as you that's can get. To me, that's about as low as you can go. Yeah. I mean, it's all low. But and God loved him anyway. God loved him, and he wrote. He loved him so much that he wrote, contributing fourteen books Come of on. the twenty-seven books of the New Testament. Yep. That's how much awesome. he loved him. Um, the next one is: Is there any hope for a backslider? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the backslider. Uh, God has always loved the prodigal. We was talking earlier about the prodigal. Yeah. Uh, when his when he decided, he realized that he was living riotous, and he realized, hey, hey, man, my 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 father's servants even live better than this. Mm-hmm. And he came. The Bible says he came to himself. Backsliders yes. come to themselves. Yes, and it takes prayer. I remember Brother Baxter telling me some great stories of fasting. And one day I saw him, he was as skinny as a rail. <laughs> and he had been fasting and not going to go into it. But he, uh, he was praying for some people that he knew close and even family. But God brought backsliders back. Yes. And it helps when people are praying and binding that spirit and influence out of their lives. And that father looked for every day. He looked Amen. for his son. And one day his son came. Yes. And he was been filling his belly with the husk of the pig's pen. And a lot of times people live in a pig's pen and live in the world. And uh, But God's able to bring them out of the worst of the worst. Yes. They Riotous living. Yes. We can go into riotous living. They can go any way we want to take it. So God can bring anybody back. Absolutely. Amen. Backsliders are coming back by the droves, by the way. Yeah. Amen. Especially there's last a, there's always a hope. In the last days, he said, I say the Lord, I'm going to pour out of my spirit. Joel, uh, Joel chapter 2, Amen. Acts chapter 2 mimics the same yep. scripture. It says, I'll pour out of my spirit, out of my spirit, which means there's more there. Right. Out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Yep. And your old men are going to see dream dreams. Your young men are going to see visions. Hey, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Come on. They're coming back. Amen. So there's always hope. You're not, never without hope. Absolutely. And so thank you, God, for that. Amen. Because when you think you've lost all hope, I've had people tell me, Dave, you don't, again, you don't know what I've done. I'm like, I don't care what you've done. Come on home. Let me tell you real quickly. There was a man that called End Time that had made a mistake. And, and I'll just leave it at that. And he had trans, it made it trans you know, yeah. went, went and uh, had a sex change operation. That's yeah. what he did. He called in time crying. Yes. And Kevin Ritchie had called me and said, we need to pray for this man. And he put him, had him on the line. And somehow we got disconnected. But the man said, I made a bad choice. And that was this man. I, we never, you know, we were going to help him. Right. And uh, to, to get his way back to God. Mm-hmm. And that was the one of the biggest, yeah. biggest uh, uh, blessings to try. And I think that end time work with sure. helping this gentleman get back to his mind oh, straightened yeah. out. Man had been away from God, had done some bad things. And that was one. Of, I mean, that was a miracle sure. to, to see that that happening. So um, I'm hoping this man, I, I lost contact with whatever, but I know. You know, you guys uh, through your team yes. uh, work with a lot of people, but that was one of the biggest that yeah. uh, I thought was just uh, incredible what God did for this man. So yeah, when, when people hungry. call me here at the ministry, and I've had them tell me some stuff that's just unreal, oh and I'm like, yeah. I don't care. God doesn't care, 
and he wants you to come home. And I've seen, man, just I don't, a plethora sure. of people just Absolutely. come back from all kinds of circumstances. Satan wants to destroy him, but God said, no, no, no. I still love you. Come on home. So mm-hmm. for anybody out there that has been in church at one time and left, come home. Doesn't matter. I've been backslidden, and God brought me back from horrific situations and put my marriage back together and a lot of different things. So uh, it's a great hope Amen. for all of us. So it's very, very Amen. important. Um, why don't more pastors teach on Bible prophecy? Seems like many of them don't nowadays. And uh, do you know why that is? Any well, idea? I think a lot of them uh, adhere to the old tradition of the teachings. Of okay. We're just going to leave Revelation alone. That's really not. I've heard some pastors say it's or of. That's not for us to have a full understanding of. Right. Uh, people are perplexed, you know, whether they're pre, post, or mid, or however. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of it's just steeped in tradition. Um, and I think a lot of people are maybe a little apprehensive because they may put a rift in the congregation and people can get really uptight. Y'all, <laughs> Believe me, y'all, I know all. <laughs> y'all know more about it than anybody. I know all about it. And so <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, it's, and then they will not uh, study into it to even try to understand the prophecies. Uh, I've got some wonderful pastors that are old elders and they will not even delve into it. So they, and the reason why, and it, because they will not keep up with current, current events. When sure. you don't put current events in yeah. uh, with, with the prophecies, you can't understand it. Right. You can't navigate. It's kind of going like a ship without a sail in a sense, and you're out there. So uh, Jesus said now, or, you know, when the apostles were talking, and Jesus is the spirit of prophecy of Jesus Christ, yeah. and we know that one of the gifts of the spirit in Corinthians where it talked about the 12th chapter there, uh, that there's one gift that is the spirit of prophecy. Mm-hmm. People have to want that. And it's kind of like, you know, people, they delve into what they want out of it. Uh, some men don't have any desire for that. And it sort of hampers their ministry because you get got a lot of people. So, well, Pastor, when is the end time coming? How do we know when Jesus is coming back? They say, well, it's one day closer. We're getting one day closer. Yeah. I've heard pastors say that. And that's not enough. And right. so it's not that the pastor's a bad guy. Right, right. They just, they don't have that knowledge because they're not, that's not one of their interests. Yes. So you have to want it in order to. Jesus said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Right. And that's any way, anything in the Bible shall be filled. So whatever you hunger after, of, that's what you're so, going to be filled with. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that want to know about it, though. They're, so they're going to know. And, yeah. and we know Pastor Baxter said, said it best. He said, they're going to know one day. Everybody's right, going right. to one day see it, whether they like it or not. So. Well, everybody, I'm joined with Pastor Dave Cowden here today. We're coming up on a break. And on the other side of the break, i got a few more questions that we're going to ask him. And I know I've enjoyed uh, and gleaned from his ministry over the years. What a great friend and um, mentor that he has been to all of us. So look forward to a lot of questions when we get back. And I hope you're being blessed by this program. And I, I know, I feel inside that you are. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. 
We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Okay, Pastor Cowden, um, let's get right back off into the question. See if how many we can get done before we get the programs over with here. I know that you are a pastor who is very involved in end-time Bible prophecy. You understand it, you teach it, and your church has a different mindset living through some of these things. It's different when you're a pastor that's teaching it, you're teaching Bible studies, you have this ongoing end-time Bible study. Your church is very up on current events. They know what's going on. So my question to you is... What should Christians be doing? I know that you believe in end-time revival. Okay, that's a, that's a given. And a lot of pastors have basically, some that I've talked to have said, well, we're just <clears throat> going to be caught out of here, and we're, we'll, have, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can up to that point, but we're going to be gone when all this stuff happens. You know different than that. You're, you know we're going to be here. You believe like we do that we're going to be here all the way through the tribulation. So... What should Christians be doing in these end times right now? From a pastor, you're looking at the, your, you know, the, your church and everything. What, what would you instruct them to be doing in these end times, knowing, what, knowing what's coming? Well, one of the main things is, obviously, and I guess the question, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look, I'm going to say it uh, in, in, a, in a different manner, uh, the answer in, the, in mm-hmm. a manner this way. If a person is seeking and maybe they're professing to be a Christian, you know, we hear that that, state, that assertion out there quite a bit. I think the main thing is to make sure they're born again. Yes. You know, to make sure. Number one. Number one. And uh, because there's so many, you know, uh, facets and avenues people take and say, well, I, I, how do you know you're born again? Well, I, I just, yeah. I, feel, I feel good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or said the sinner's prayer, whatever the case is. It's more than, you know, those things are anything good. Those are good things, right. but there's more. There's always more. Yeah. Take the more. And so to make sure you're born again to yeah. the water and to the spirit. After you've, after you've done that, the, and if you've already done that, now I'm going to go to the one that's maybe already did that. Um, you we need to be out trying to win people yes. to God, evangelizing, uh, evangelizing yes. our world, right? Because if we don't evangelize our world, um, we're not we're not doing the service that we need to do to reach people that are lost. Right? You know, Jesus said, "I need you to go outside of the highways into the highways and compel them to come in." Well, right. end time ministry is a wonderful tool. Yes, and so yeah. we've we've won people through end time ministry and as you all have done a wonderful job and they're doing great with it. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, I hope that. Yeah. So that I, that's good. the perfect answer really is the, is evangelism. Daniel chapter 11, 31 and 32. They that do know their God shall be strong to always place. They that understand among the people shall instruct many. Those verses right there are talking about the time of the antichrist. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not, the, God is not going to have a weak anemic church in the end time. It's not going to be hiding in a foxhole somewhere. We're not going to be hiding in a cave up in Colorado. and <laughs> No, we're going to be teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of That's, God all the way to the end. 
correct. Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world, then the end will come. So that's our job. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with storing up for some catastrophic event or, sure. you know, I mean, making sure your affairs are in order. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Sure. But when it comes down to it, we're still called to evangelize and reach this world. You know, and you made to your, back to your point earlier, you said, well, I'm not really per se, quote unquote, pastoring, but you're doing a wonderful job pastoring. You guys uh, are feeders, pastors. I will give you pastors after my own heart. Jeremiah 315 was had already asserted. Yeah. And you guys, you're pastoring a, a world uh, in that sense. And yeah. that, if you look at it, because you're feeding the world with the truth of the word of God. So I wanted to give you a compliment on that. Keep, keep, Keep doing because some people look at you, and I'm sure people come to you and say, Pastor Robbins, yeah. you know, and they do that because yeah, yeah. they know they know you guys are actually reaching the world or feeding the world, right? Sort of a pastoring the world. So yeah, I um, I see myself as an evangelist because I can, you know, it, when a when an evangelist comes into a church. He can say whatever God puts on his heart, and then he can leave. I got a <laughs> plane then, to catch. Yeah, and, uh, I got a plane to catch everybody, and then the pastor's got to, you know, pick up the pieces. Um, so that's kind of like end time swooping through and saying, "Look, okay. here's what Fair God enough. gave me for you, and Fair I've got to catch a plane." And <laughs> so, Brother Baxter told me, he said, "Man, he said, we're, Dave, we're evangelists, and and now uh, that I I see the whole picture, I get it." Uh, because uh, you know the pastor's there with everybody when we leave, and they're like, "Man." Those guys were firebrands. And so, um, you know, the, the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophets, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. Yes. And so I, I've been around you long enough to know that you've got a, a pastor's heart. Well, I've got an evangelist heart. I'm Amen. coming plowing through there. I'm Hallelujah. a combine. And then uh, all the pastors have to say, okay, now, wow. Um, <laughs> but you know it's bad. They say, hey, hey, when is he coming back? Yeah. Hey, pastor, when yeah, is yeah. you having him back? <laughs> I know. Oh, so wow. very cool. Um, so uh, just a few more questions here. Sure. One of the things that I thought I would want to cover with you, because I know from a prophetic perspective, from your mindset in the end times, when we went through a lot of church, with, you know, all the churches went through COVID lockdowns. And I know about Pastor Art Hodges out there who won that well over a million dollar lawsuit. It went to the Supreme Court. He never closed his church down and he won the lawsuit against it. So that's a precedent that can be used in the future when a lot of these churches, let's say another pandemic comes through, they're all talking about another one coming through. And uh, there was also, I think, um, Brother Tony Spell, who didn't shut his down, and he won his lawsuit and everything. So the fact of the matter is, is that these the COVID lockdowns, a lot of people, you know, they told us, hey, don't only 10 people can gather, and all this crazy nonsense <laughs> I think over, because of these lawsuits that have been won and the precedents that have been set, that if we have a pandemic comes through again, I think people in the United States are going to say, look, I don't care what you guys say. We're not shutting our church down because the Bible does say forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And so um, what did you do in your church during the COVID lockdown? Did you guys, I mean, how'd you handle all that? Because I know you're like I told everybody, this guy's an ex-Marine. He's a straight shooter and uh Plus, he's got an end-time mindset, and that is huge going through these end times. You understand the prophecies, sure. and um, so what did you do during the lockdowns? Well, I, you know, I went to the Bible. Okay. Um, that was the first thing in Jeremiah when he spoke of that. Uh, I believe it might have been in the 17th chapter of Jeremiah when he talked about that um, 
curses a man that lean at the arm of flesh. You know, sure. when you lean on the arm of flesh. And I thought to myself, God, I don't want to lean on the arm of flesh who, who, whose heart departed away from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scripture put a fear in me. Also, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. For he that cometh God must believe that he is, and that he is rewarded to them to diligently seek him in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 6, somewhere in that area. So I got to thinking to myself, God, I don't want to, what do we, we need the church to be open. We're the healing. We're, we, we're, this is where you get miraculous healing. You know, Brother Robbins, what would Jesus and the apostles have done if COVID was in their day? Mm-hmm. I think we know the answer yeah. to that. In fact, it may have been there because Lois, which was Peter's uh, mother-in-law, his, she came down with a fever. Well, that's what one of the symptoms of COVID was. She had a fever. And Jesus healed her of it. Mm-hmm. So when we, we I'm not going to tell you we had service. We did. We, we complied with the mask until we got yeah. in church and some that wanted to wear them, they wore them. But we was binding the spirit of COVID. Yeah. And we, 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 I told our congregation, those that wanted to come or come, but I wasn't shutting our church down. I got with the police department. We brought food and things like that to the church and we had church. And let me tell you, now we built a brand new building. Yeah. Pastor Tony Spell built a brand new building. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Pastor Art, Hodge. they've got Art, they, they've got all of the finest and I'm not saying that God didn't do that for others right. who did close it down. I'm simply saying we had a reward. Yeah. We built a beautiful building. God gave us that building after COVID, but I would not shut it down yeah. because I knew what the scriptures had talked about. Right. And I wanted to keep the faith and keep, and people were coming from other churches wanting to know where y'all have a church. And they knew yeah. That it was time, and so I'm not bashing people who closed right, down right. by no, any that's means. Not the, that wasn't the reason for the I know, question, and I, and I just wanted <laughs> to make sure that I clarified that yeah, yeah. disclaimer, so I didn't get anybody said, "Well, well yeah. I, I got as much faith as you." Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I just so that's what that's what. So we we took the scriptures to heart, and yeah. God kept us, uh, and we didn't have an outbreak or any of that. Yeah. But we we were going strictly by faith because I just couldn't uh, I did couldn't see the fact of closing down the building, but okay. we did. You know, we did go through the proper channels, did let the, let the police department know that we were going to be having food and gather, some small gatherings, and it, it worked out really well Good. for us. But we didn't, we didn't sound a big trumpet about right. it. But we just... I think the big thing is that, like I said, with Brother Art Hodges, his out in California, especially in California, you can only oh imagine, but his went, they were coming in, just, oh, you've got to shut this place down. He said, yeah. no, I'm not shutting down. And so, it, it, like I said, the, the lawsuit went all the way to the Supreme Court, and he won his lawsuit there. And as, as a precedent, when the pandemic, if they come through again, which I know they're already preaching it, and so it, it appears that we'll, you know, maybe someday we will, but Jesus said we would see pandemics and pestilence right. in the end time. Yeah. But with that precedence that was set, I think that many, many churches in the future, if we do that again, because a lot of them, I mean, they, they, they were calling me night and day, you know, and, and want to know what's the end time scenario here and everything. But uh, how does this all play into the prophecies of the Bible? But I think that moving forward that they're going to say, you know, we're just not going to comply to that. And in the end time, those questions will be asked, I think, over and over and over because there's going to come a time. Uh, in a lot of churches around the world, not just here in the United States, where they have to deal with a mark of the beast situation and the Antichrist is going to be trying to coerce them to do some exactly. things and the churches will ha- just have to say, no, 
we're not doing that. And I think this is kind of a a run up. It's a forerunner of Mm -hmm. that. So I was just wondering what you do because again, you're in your boots on the ground. You're you're pastoring a church today, uh, and the buck stops here. And so you you know, and God really has placed a pastor there to be the shepherd. And what we really need are pastors to be shepherds today. Yes, we need one to say. You know, that's like a. Um, you know, I, I know when you get in the pulpit because I've heard you that you just get up there and let it rip. And but you would never get in a pulpit if you'd not been in a prayer room. Absolutely. And Brother Baxter always drilled that into my mind um, as a young young man coming sure. in. He'd have us give these old sermonettes and junk like that. <laughs> but he would he would say, don't, "If you haven't been in the prayer room, don't get in the pulpit." Oh my! And so I can always tell when a guy's got in the pulpit. And he's been in the prayer room, and then I can tell it's almost like a speech rather than a sermon. I want to hear what God gave the guy to give to the church. So um, with with just about a minute, minute and a half, do you have any closing remarks? uh, Again, a wonderful seasoned pastor uh, to a bunch of people out there that are just simply wanting to make it to heaven. Do you have any closing remarks? We've got about a minute. Well, I'll I'll say this, that... If you're following the prophecies of the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, use that as a tool. Uh, if you're teaching, uh, we obviously need more teachers uh, to get them all the way through understanding the levels one through fourteen, yes. and then all, and I think we've got the other four levels that go with it. Mm-hmm. I would strongly uh, subscribe to tell you. To go through understanding the end times, sure. you guys, it's a, it has helped many, many people to get to the steps because the last of it is understanding the end time, and then it's the salvation package. Yeah. So the salvation salvation package is the main thing that you want to yeah, get yeah. a hold of. So Absolutely. I don't have a lot of time to go through that, but right. go to endtime.com. Yeah. And you will. Yeah. Get end time. We got all the brand new DVDs out. We got the brand new book out. Beautiful. Understanding yeah. the end time. And by the way, and, I've got that. Book, yeah. Yeah. Way, we get so. you a copy of that and. Uh, It's very important for people to understand the Bible and go through the salvation package here in the end time. God bless. Thank you, my friend. God bless you.